Jordan. Oh, a spectacular move by Michael Jordan. Grabs one out to deep left field. This one's got a chance to get out of here. Gone. Three run Jimmy Jack first. Big league home run for Mike Trout. Five in the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history. Thank you for downloading and or streaming the newest episode of Infinity Sports. I'm your host, Wayne G, joined as always by Jesse. Hello, hello, friends. And Sully, what's going on? What's good, bro? What's good? You're probably listening to us on the rtfsportsnetwork.com on Mondays at 1 p.m. or Thursdays at 11 a.m. If you miss any part of those shows, you can download or stream the episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. And, of course, you can find us on social media. Facebook is at Infinity Sports Podcast. Instagram, at Infinity Sports Podcast. And, Jesse, where can they find us on Twitter? You can find us at Sports Infinity 5. That is a play on our segment at the end of the show. So find us anywhere. Listen to us anywhere. Let us know. Rate, review, subscribe. Definitely looking forward to any sort of criticism you might have. I know none for me, but these two guys need it, man. Just give it to them. Yeah, help build us up. We need, we need help uh, taking down this big, soft monster that is Wayne. And... We got a pretty big show for you. Basically, we've got a new game that we're going to implement today called Guess Who. It's going to be a lot of fun. These guys are going to do some quasi trivia. We're going to break down the AFC West with no guest this time around. And we're going to give you our top five sports teams of all time. But before we get to that, the news. Like I always do, I like to go through and find out some things that might have happened in sports over the last week since we recorded in history. And starting with July 10th, 1997, the quote-unquote Japanese Nolan Ryan, Hideki Arabu, made his Major League debut for the New York Yankees. Now, rest in peace, Hideki Arabu. I know he committed suicide uh, several years ago, but watching him pitch, I didn't see a hint of Nolan Ryan. You actually watched him pitch because I, I got to be honest with you guys, I didn't see him pitch a lick, not a single inning. Yeah, no, a, a lot. He was a group of a lot of these foreign players. I remember that that came over, and I remember none of them really kind of lived up to the hype. I guess until I guess maybe Ichiro. But yeah, I remember he didn't he didn't really ever achieve what he was supposed to achieve. On July 10th, also 1953, Ben Hogan wins the British Open. The interesting thing about this is that it is the only British Open he ever played in. In fact, there was one year in particular that Ben Hogan, who is the logo for the PGA Tour, won the Masters, the U.S. Open, and the PGA Championship. So he could have won the Grand Slam in one year because at that time he was the greatest golfer in the world. But he said, I'm not playing in the British Open. I already won it. I don't need to again. Yeah, one and done, baby. Why do it again? Don't blemish that record. And what a fun fact that he is the logo. I honestly couldn't have told you who it was, and I'm not sure how many surface-level golf fans would have been able to tell you that fact. 
Now, the next bit of historical news, three dates, uh, the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th of July, but different years, all circle around my guy, Babe Ruth. So July 11th, 1914, Babe Ruth makes his Major League debut for the Boston Red Sox as a pitcher. On July 12th, 1921, how ridiculous is this? He sets the career home run record mark with 137 home runs. And then on July 13th, 1934, he hits number 700. That's absolutely insane, and, and like we've gone over, he's he's doing those numbers against nobodies. I mean, it is insane. I mean, those numbers are absolutely video game. You know, he's just a he's just a monster. And to think he was drunk and probably fucking you know had a cigar in his mouth and shit the whole time. He's a monster. Now, July fifteenth, nineteen ninety six. I remember this when it happened. After two thousand two hundred and sixteen consecutive games at shortstop, Cal Ripken has moved to third base so that Mike Bordick can play shortstop for the Orioles. Yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday, honestly, and that shit was crazy. I mean, I I still can't believe it to this day that that's how it ended and shit like that. But hey, you know, steroids, they'll keep you in a position for a long time. On July 15th, 1973, Jack Nicklaus wins the British Open for the third time. That gives him three career Grand Slams. Absolutely one of the greatest. I mean, golf is tough, and he was good at it. Well, I think I remember reading one stat, and I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember what the exact number was, but I know that something like, you know, he won, was it 14 or 15 majors, whatever Tiger's chasing, and he finished second in like 22 of them. He's a machine. Yeah, the last bit I have here, July 15th, 1876, so a long time ago, the first major league no-hitter is thrown, and you're not going to believe, because we're going to get into team names in just a second, how offensive these two teams were that played, these two team names. We had the St. Louis Brown Stockings versus the Hartford Dark Blues. So apparently the Hartford Blues was like, no way, man. We're the fucking Dark Blues. <laughs> Cancel I mean, them. it's not funny, but... All right. Now, the first bit of actual news that we're going to get into, I just mentioned it, name changes. The Washington Redskins have retired that name. It is now just going to be the Washington blank. They have not yet announced who the new logo mascot is going to be. I think the odds on favorite were the Red Wolves, but nobody knows right now. We just know that it is going to be the Washington blank at some point. Yeah, we absolutely saw the power in numbers and the power of social media. Over in the last couple months, we saw the movement in several ways make such a large impact and to see this happen, I honestly didn't think I'd see it in my lifetime. Dan Snyder has been so prideful and stuck in his ways, and there's been so many rumors about this changing in my lifetime that I just never believed it would actually happen. So one episode ago, we were talking about maybe this could happen, and here we are. It's been retired. So thank goodness we're not going to have to hear about the R words anymore, and maybe we'll see the Red Wolves. Yeah, I mean, it was bound to happen, especially right now in the climate we're in. You know, it. I mean, it, this one needed to happen. So, you know, I'm not too upset. Obviously, I don't think anybody should be. It's just a name. It doesn't change the franchise. A lot of teams change names and places and things like that. It shouldn't affect things that much. But, uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see where they go. You know, there's this interesting news story going around about some guy who's got over 40 trademarks to a bunch of different names. And now there's a rumor that he's only he'd only release like six of them so he's kind of limiting the pool i don't know i don't know how truthful that is on on end of to what he would release because i do know he owns the trademarks but man that's just a crazy story it's a business baby well, let me ask you this, because I thought that the odds on favorite, they were saying leading up to this whole thing, was the Red Wolves. We'd seen that mentioned a ton of times. We'd seen 100 different logos for the Red Wolves. And 
the Washington Red Wolves is a name that he trademarked, but he did not trademark the DC Red Wolves. So my question for you is this, over, under, or, or what do you think, better chance that Dan Snyder would pay a million or $2 million for Washington Red Wolves, or that he'll just call them the DC Red Wolves? I think while he's at it, he'll pay the $2 million. I think so too. I don't think he wants to go through a full name change of going off from Washington Redskins all the way to DC Red Wolves. I mean, that'd be rough. Now, what's scary is, I mean, I talk to a lot of like casual fans and they have no idea the Washington Redskins play in DC. So, or at least in that area. I believe right now their stadium's in Maryland or Virginia right now, but they're trying to get a stadium right in DC. And honestly, most fans think they're from the state of Washington. So maybe a DC name would name change would be good for him. I don't know. I don't either. It capitalized on that market. I mean, the MLS team is the DC United. Yeah, I understand that, but not the actual team that plays there. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what they do. I think they would just pay the money for the Washington. Like I was telling you, you know, in the chat. No, I thread, agree. I, said, I think so too. Now, the next bit of news, NFL-related as well, we have Miles Garrett signs for five years and $125 million. Chris Jones gets 4 and 85 and Derrick Henry signs for 4 and 50 So guys are starting to get paid. The surprising one, I think, to a lot of people was Miles Garrett because he does still have two years left on his deal, just like Mahomes, and he is coming off of this suspension that he never finished the season. Oh, I'm right there with you with the, the shock of this happening. I mean, I think Chris Jones absolutely deserved the deal he got, the guaranteed money that he got. But Miles Garrett, I did not see money coming his way. I mean, I figured this coming year would have been more of a prove it year, especially after swinging a helmet on some guy. And, you know, really, you know, you have to do more to get that type of guaranteed money. So I don't know if maybe the Browns were, were fearful, but uh, he's certainly a talented player. I just wasn't ready for this type of extension for this guy. I mean, what else does he got to do? I mean, he's been a top two pass rusher the past three years. You know what I mean? He's he's a monster. He grades in the top five in PFF for the past three years in pass rush. I mean, he creates pressures. He plays against the run. I mean, the guy's an absolute monster. He's. I mean, I think he's the best defensive lineman in the league, not named Aaron Donald. So, I mean, I think he's, right now, I think he's better than the Boses. You know, granted, Nick is younger than him, but not by much. But, I mean, if you're telling me to pick Miles Garrett or Nick Bosa, I mean, with a gun to my head, I'm probably taking Miles Garrett. But, I, I mean, the guy's just a maniac. He's so good, so physically talented, so big, so strong. I think he got everything he's worth. I mean, the guy got $100 million guaranteed. He's the, he's the highest paid non-quarterback in the league now. Good for him. It did actually surprise me how little Chris Jones got. I, I thought he'd actually get more money. Yeah, I thought so too, honestly. He only got $60 million guaranteed, which you know still puts him in a pretty special category. Not many people get that much money. And granted, Miles Garrett is up to, includes of up to $100 million in guarantees. So I'm not exactly sure what his straight bonus was. But I mean, there, he's still getting like a, a, a huge deal overall, Chris Jones did. And again, you know, maybe he's just trying to make it work with the Mahomes thing now and just keep this dynasty of, of going on in Kansas City. As an interior defensive lineman, he had 33 sacks so far in his career, so he absolutely deserved every dollar he got. Well, my question was just that, is that with Mahomes signing for the big money, now Chris Jones gets this big money, are the Chiefs limiting what they are going to be able to do in the future in terms of surrounding both those guys with the necessary pieces? 
Um, I, I mean, honestly, I don't think so because, like, to be real, they've got most of their guys locked up now for the next foreseeable future, three to four years, like most of the core group. Granted, there are probably going to be one to two stragglers, but if you only got one free agent or so to worry about each year, it makes it easier to handle. And then for the most part, they're going to have to do what New England did, which was kind of rely on young, unknown offensive linemen to just get the job done. Andrew Wiley's one of them plays on the Chiefs line who, you know, is essentially a nobody, but he gets the job done. You know, they've got Mitchell Schwartz on the outside, who's probably the best right tackle in the league. So they're going to have him for a while. I think they'll be able to keep it afloat. I don't know if it can go seven and 10 years, you know, that's unheard of, but four to five to six years, you know, let it ride for right now. He's not going to be uh, getting any more Tyreek Hills or Sammy Watkins. That's for sure. He's going to start to see his version of Jabbar Gaffney and Doug Gabriel. See, but you got Miko Holdman, who they're who they've drafted to kind of fill that role already. Like they they've already kind of planned on this, I think, and they draft speed and they draft to replace guys. Clyde Edwards Alaire now, so they don't have to pay a running back for the next four years. You know, like I I think Andy Reid's smart enough to prepare for these things. I really truly do. He's a smart smart guy. Well, you mentioned running back, and again, Derrick Henry with a four years, twelve and a half million AAV seems like not a lot of money, but it does lock him up for the next four years. There are going to be quite a few big names who aren't yet locked up, right? Oh God, if a running back, there are a ton. I mean, the class is just stacked next year, and it's it's honestly just going to create a shit show. Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Philip Lindsay, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, Kareem Hunt. You know, Leonard Fournette's you know on the tag. He's probably going to be out of there. But all those guys, and plus all the people who are coming into the the league from the draft. So I can't see teams kind of valuing them highly. I, I really can't. I think Derrick Henry kind of proves that. I mean, he only got, what is it, 12 and a half AAV. He only gets paid as the fifth highest paid running back. Only 25 mil guaranteed. I, I don't know. I, I don't see teams valuing running backs anymore. So Tennessee actually both committed to Tannehill and Derrick Henry this offseason. What do you guys think of them committing to both those positions and both those players this offseason? I understand Derrick Henry. I mean, he... <laughs> He hasn't really performed for his career the way that I would have hoped. Last year was a great year for him, and he really showed something last year. So I understand them locking him up, but I'm not a huge Tannehill fan. I would not have invested the money in him. Yeah, I don't think I would have either. Uh, I think, you know, my thoughts on Tannehill are pretty well known. But again, guys can make careers out of late career stays and and late career stints in in offensive that fits. And maybe this is that it for for Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, it did work last year. Their offense did work, and they're obviously trying to just repeat that success. I don't know if they're going to have the same success, but they're going to try to repeat it. Now, we talked about last week, I believe it was, Damian Lillard came out and said that he has no faith in NBA players to stay in the bubble. And we get word that Russell Westbrook has tested positive. Potentially, James Harden has as well, which I don't know what that does for the Rockets. But the one that blew my mind, thinking of Damian Lillard, was Recon Holmes of the Kings has to be quarantined again because he left the bubble to pick up takeout food. You got to get that yummy food, man. That's on the NBA for not providing that yum yum. See, I don't know. I've I've seen what they're getting. They're getting plenty of great food. These guys, all the guys complaining are coming off as entitled crybabies, if I'm being honest. But I understand most aren't doing that. But the ones that are pretty, I think just, man, suck it up and just play the game, dude. Some of us are living a lot worse than you, man. <laughs> yeah, one player like that who is, you know, pretty meaningless, somebody I couldn't have picked out of a crowd, could lead to us not seeing this bubble live out. You know, the, play, the NBA playoffs not live out. So that would be super unfortunate. Well, that's what I'm saying is they haven't even started yet. And they already have people leaving the bubble to go get food. Like, there's no way this is going to last. You've got about two weeks until games tip off. 
Yeah, I saw Michael Beasley tested positive now. It's just, you know, more and more players are going to get our test positive, unfortunately. And, you know, you're just kind of going to have to deal with it. Like I said, like I've always said, it's going to just turn into an injury. It's going to be like a hamstring pull or something like that. And they're just going to have to deal with it. And so I think that's where we're at at this point. Now, speaking of COVID, college football has been affected, right? We've got the Big Ten has said they're not going to play any non-conference games. The Pac-10 were having a meeting about it. The SEC was meeting about it. And if all of these different divisions are playing non-conference games, I don't know. I don't understand how that's going to work, but I also don't understand what's going to happen with Notre Dame and BYU. Like, I wonder if they can kind of glom on to those conferences. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure the ACC has reached out and said they will try to accommodate Notre Dame with a schedule. And honestly, I think other conferences may have to do that. Obviously, not may, they will have to do that if they want to keep a schedule, honestly, because, you know, this team just doesn't have one. (laughs) And, you know, that's the price of being an independent. Maybe they just don't get a season. Who knows? I mean, get into a fucking conference already. Jesus Christ. Yeah, COVID's still certainly having its ripple effect. I mean, some of the big games that we're going to miss this year because of these conference restrictions are Ohio State and Oregon. Not going to see that one. Michigan and Washington. Nope. And then one of the games, you know, that I think a lot of fans would have loved to see is the Notre Dame Irish versus Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. We're not going to see any of these games now because of COVID. So fuck off, COVID. Well, if you were a top 10 draft pick prospect, whatever, you're Trevor Lawrence, you're Justin Fields, would you play during COVID here? Or would you say, you know what, F it, I'm a top 10 pick. I'm just going to kind of set this one out. There's no way I play. You wouldn't see me on a, on a college football campus. There's no way. I agree, especially when you're talking about Trevor Lawrence. And I mean, you see Clemson has been in the news so much already. This team has had so many positive cases in the early going that I don't think it's one of those things where it's, oh, let's get it out of the way early and we won't have to deal with it later. Like, no, it's going to continue to be bad, especially in that area. I would not play if I'm Trevor Lawrence. I would not play if I'm a top 10 pick. I get with a trainer. I get with an agent. And I do what I need to do to be ready for the NFL next year because, you know, the NFL is going to have kind of a trial year too. So get ready for next year's draft class and be the best you can be for the NFL where you're actually going to get paid, not for the college teams where they're not going to show you a dime. Well, and history has shown that you can still be a top 10 pick if you don't play because we saw, at least in my memory, I remember Mike Williams, the USC wide receiver, a big 6'6 guy. He had declared for the draft after his sophomore year, his true sophomore year, back when Maurice Claret had overturned the NFL, but then it got returned back on. And since he had signed an agent, Mike Williams couldn't go back to USC and play. So he spent an entire year working out at like IMG Academy or whatever it is, and he was still a number two overall pick. Same with Nick Bosa. He played like three games, tore his lat, didn't really tear it, but pulled his lat and then said, you know what? I'm not playing the rest of the year. I'm done. Hired a personal trainer, went number two overall. It doesn't stop you. If you have great film and you're a great player, it's not going to stop you from being selected in the top five. And especially somebody like Trevor Lawrence. And especially if this spring season happens and they just push everything to spring, you would not catch me playing. There's there's no way in hell. There's just no way. Like, why? What's the point? There's zero upside to it. There's there's You're already the projected number one pick. Where else can you go? Where's the upside at this point? Just don't let a video surface of you doing a, a gas mask rip off a bong because then it will certainly hurt your draft stock. All right, so we wanted to liven up the show a little bit, and we decided to do some sort of a game. We came up with a couple different ideas. This is the one we came up with. It's called Guess Who, and basically the guys are going to try to guess who a player is based on some information about his background or his statistics, things like that. It will go back and forth, and the points decrease the more times it goes back and forth, but at the end of the day, we'll see who has the most points. 
I figure since Jesse has been with me the longest, he can go first. Again, it won't really matter because they're both going to get a chance to go first in every category. But Jesse, what category would you like to start with? I'm going to go with where I feel the strongest, and I'm going to go with the NBA. NBA, fantastic. So, first clue. This is worth five points if you get it. If you don't, it goes to Dan. It'll be worth four points if he gets it in the first guess. Your first clue is, this was a number one overall pick. Played 11 NBA seasons, eight of those 11 seasons averaged over 20 points per game and averaged over 20 points per game for their career, but they only played in two All-Star games. Hmm. I'd love to flex my muscle, but I just don't have it on that clue. That's a great clue, but I don't have it yet. All right, so it goes to Dan for four points if he can get it, or he can ask for a clue number two. So the clue is he's a number one overall pick who averaged 20 points for his career, essentially, but but only made two All-Star games. Correct. Played 11 NBA seasons, and eight of those 11 averaged over 20 points per game. Ah, I'm, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to need like a time to, to actually get it. So I'm going to have to get another clue. All right. Clue number two. And this is for Dan for three points. Played college basketball in the Big Ten. Still going to have to pass. All right. Jesse, you can guess it for two points or you can ask for the third clue. So we've got Big Ten and we've got he averaged 20 points for his career, played 11 years in his career, but only made two all-star games. Correct. Ooh. Damn, these are good, Wayne. Um, I'm racking my brain right now. I'm thinking of Big Ten. That's probably the conference I watched the least, but uh, I don't have anything yet. All right, so the third clue for you for one point. He was in the same draft class as Jason Kidd and Grant Hill. Oh, I got it. Oh, you got it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I may be wrong. I don't know. (laughs) No, I've got only one Big Ten name coming to mind. I know it's not it, so see what you got, Sully. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many All-Star. I think he made more All-Star games is my problem. Chris Webber? No, Chris Webber was the number one overall pick two years prior to that, I believe, or one year prior to that. Ah. And it was Glenn Big Dog Robinson. Oh. Oh. I'm so mad I didn't guess. I'm glad as soon as you said Big Ten, that's the only name that came to mind. Uh-huh. So there you go. That's zero points going to the next one. Sully, what sport would you like to pick? Let's go MLB. Fuck it. So MLB, we have first clue for five points. This is a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. But he was elected to the Hall of Fame before I was born. He played in 12 All-Star games, 17 years in the league, and he hit 512 home runs. Uh, what year were you born? 80. So he was elected to the Hall of Fame before 19... Oh, I'm sorry, 79. So he was elected before 1979. And how many home runs did you say? 512. How many All-Star games? 12 in 17 years. Frank Robinson. No. Jesse, for four points, or you can ask for another clue. And I don't get penalized for guessing and having it be wrong. Well, then it would go back to Dan for three points. Okay. So. And Dan, Dan will get the other clue. All right. So my guess here is going to be Eddie Matthews. Eddie Matthews is correct for four points. <sighs> nice job. I thought that was a great one because 500 home runs. I didn't even know who Eddie Matthews was until I didn't see that statistic. He's definitely been drafted in a few of these things that Sully and I do. But, uh, you know, as soon as you said elected prior to your year of birth, I, I narrowed down where he had to have played. And then you said how many home runs. And I, I felt a sweet spot. All right. So now it is your choice for a sport. You cannot pick the NBA, but you can pick any other sport. All right. So I am going to I'm going to go with Sully's probably his strongest one here. I'm going to go with the NCAA. Your first clue for five points, if you can get it. This is a quarterback. Played four years of college ball, so did not leave early. Started their career, though, not at quarterback, but at a different position. Is a national champion as a senior and a Heisman winner. Chris Leak? Wrong. Sully, for four points, or you can ask for another clue. Chris Leak didn't win a Heisman. Um, Don't kick me while I'm down, Sully. <laughs> um, God. 
and and I I think I know it, but I want to be sure. So I guess I'll take another clue. But I, I got a, I got a pretty good idea. So the second clue for three points, if you get it, their senior year when they won the Heisman, they were number one in the NCAA in completion percentage, and they won every single award available. That's interesting. All right, I'm gonna throw a guess out there, Eric Crouch. Wrong to Jesse for two points, or you can ask for another clue. May I hear the clues you've you've given so far? The clues you have so far is it is a quarterback who did not start as a quarterback in college, but he played all four years. Was a national champion and Heisman winner their senior year. Their senior year, they were number one in completion percentage in the NCAA, and they won every single collegiate award. I mean, for a quarterback. They didn't win the Doak Walker, but you know. I got nothing. All right. Well, so you want to try the third clue? I definitely do. All right. For one point, then, the last clue is they went completely undrafted by the NFL, but they went in the first round of another sport where they played 12 years. Wow, curveball. <laughs> nothing. I got nothing. All right, it's Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward, the freshman punter turned quarterback. Uh, I, can't, I don't know how you didn't get it after that clue, Jesse. I was like, God damn it, that's the easiest clue on the planet. <laughs> I was I was thinking I was thinking early, you know, there's a lot of early college, collegiate athletes who ended up playing, you know, different sports, you know, after they got drafted, so Oh yeah, I guess. All right, so now I think it's uh, Sully's pick and he cannot pick MLB. I'll go NCAA. Let's let's wipe the clue out. All right, NCAA. First clue for five points if you get it. Basketball player, four years, three-time National Defensive Player of the Year, two-time All-American, top 10 NBA pick. Joe Kim Noah? No. Jesse for four points. Damn. I want to say Alonzo Mourning. No. Back to Dan with a second clue for three points. So we know the first clues, right? Four-year player, three-time defensive player of the year, two-time All-American and top 10 pick. The second clue, they averaged 19.9 points per game as a senior, won the NCAA championship that year, as well as National Player of the Year, the Wooden Award, the Naismith Award. I mean, you got to repeat that. That was a lot. Okay, so the second clue is they averaged 19.9 points per game as a senior. They won a national championship their senior year, as well as the National Player of the Year, the Wooden Award, and the Naismith Award. Jesus. Um, and this is men's, right? Correct. Okay. Tim Duncan? No. He was a three-time defensive player of the year, though, so that's a good guess. Jesse Fuck. for two points. I'm going to go way back and guess Bill Walton. Ooh, no. Back to Dan. For one point, the last clue, he played at Duke. Oh, man. Grant Hill? No. Jesse, for one point, to steal it. Sheldon Williams? Jesus, zero points. Shane Battier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I t- I, honestly, it was Shane Battier or Grant Hill. I didn't know which one to pick. I didn't know Battier was that great at defense. I mean, he was known as a defensive stopper for the most part, wasn't he? That, w- that was his NBA role, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. D, yeah. All right, Jesse now, first, p- uh, first pick. Uh, give me any NFL. NFL, here we go. First clue for five points. Number one overall draft pick. Played for four teams in 13 years. Made four Pro Bowls, threw for 22,000 yards. I'm not feeling it early on. No, I guess I need more guesses. All right, so it goes to Dan for four, or you can ask for another clue. Um, what's the, what, what is it again? Number one overall draft pick, played for four teams in 13 years, four Pro Bowls, and 22,000 yards. <sighs> I mean, I'm just trying to think of number one picks that played for four teams. Um, I've got an idea, but give me, give me a clue. So the second clue, if you get it, it's three points. Career completion percentage is 56%. Most touchdowns ever in a season, 21. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, that, that's it's Michael Vick. Michael Vick for three points. Nice. 
Ah, uh, I should have guessed it. All right. So now it's your choice. Um, I'll go NFL. NFL. What's the score? Uh, I'll add it up in a second when we get down here. I'm not sure. Oh, what the fuck? Uh, I'm writing it down next to the things. It's four to four. Let's go. Zero zero, Jesse. All right. So you said NFL? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I don't have another NFL one. (laughs) 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 I forgot to fill that one out. I got everything else, though. (laughs) All right. Then um, I'll go MLB. MLB. For five points, the first clues are these. Top 10 pick in the MLB draft, 12-year Major League Baseball career, 169 wins, and almost 2,500 strikeouts. Steven Strasburg. No. Jesse for four. Or a clue. Give me that clue, baby. For three points, has played his entire career with the same team. Do we know if these are active or retired? Uh, that is, oh yeah, clue number two. He is an active player. <laughs> Damn, so my guess was on fucking point. <laughs> yeah. active, active player, played their whole career with the same team. 2,500 strikeouts in 12 years, 169 wins. Top 10 pick in the MLB draft. Clayton Kershaw? Clayton Kershaw for three points, yes. Give me some sticky puck, Wayne. All right, NHL. Clue number one for five points. A third round pick, a goalie, 325 career wins, 52 shutouts, and a 2.39 goals against. Martin Baudet? No. To Sully for four or another clue? Uh, I mean, I'm going to need another clue. That's not enough, unfortunately. <laughs> so clue number two, he is a one-time All-Star, two-time Jennings Award winner. What was the first clue? Third round pick, 325 career wins, 52 shutouts, 2.39 goals against. Do we know if he's active or not? That was not one of the clues. That's bullshit. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, I mean, 325 isn't a ton, so I'm guessing it's an active player. God, what was the last clue? One-time All-Star, two-time Jennings Award winner. So it's probably not him or him, because they're multiple All-Stars. Oh, God. I've got an idea, but fuck. Brandon Hopi or Jonathan Quick, I think. Um, I'm going to go Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick, yes, for three points. Fuck yeah. 7-7. Seven, seven. The one time, I thought it was Pecorina for sure, but the uh, multiple All-Stars threw me off. All right, so 7-7, seven, seven, and you can pick NBA or NHL. Um, I'll go, I mean, I I have to go, I get both picks on both of them. Yeah, but that's why we'll mix it. <laughs> Um, I'll take NBA because that's Jesse's stronger one. All right. So NBA, first clue, if you get it, it's worth five points. The score is seven to seven right now. A second round pick in the NBA, but played 18 seasons in the NBA. Averaged 15 points per game. Was a six-time All-Star and four-time All-NBA. Um, second rounder, four-time all I uh, I don't know. All right. Jesse, for four points. Don't waste time. Give me that clue. All right. Yeah. <laughs> career playoff average is 20 points per game, including a career high playoff scoring average in 2008 2009 of 29 points per game. Can I get the first clue again, please? Second round draft pick, played 18 years in the league, 15 points per game career, six all star appearances, four time all NBA. I'm going to go with Manu Ginobili. Incorrect. To Dan for two or a clue. Bummer, that was my pick. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to need another clue. <laughs> Four-time NBA championship, all with the same team. Wow, and it's not Manu Ginobili? Nope. 
Let me get them again. All three clues, please, and thank you. All right. Second round pick in the NBA, 18 seasons in their career, 15 points per game, six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA. Playoff career average is 20 points per game with a career 29 points per game in 2008-2009. Four-time NBA champion, all with the same team. I mean, Tony Parker? Yep, Tony Parker for one point. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, fuck you. It was either one. It was one of the two. <laughs> so Dan leads eight to seven, and Jesse will have first shot, I guess, at NHL. Boo. Just because that's where we're leaving off. Yeah. So for five points, the first clue, Hall of Fame NHL player was a front linesman, a first-round pick, played for three teams in their career, 989 career games, 989 career points. Hey-o. That's a crazy stat. So uh, we know it's someone who's retired because they're in the Hall of Fame. Uh, give me that second clue or, or give it to Sully or Main. Yeah, Sully for four. Four or a clue. Oh, give me that fucking clue, bruh, bruh. All right, for three points, the second clue is they played at the University of Maine. They were a five-time All-Star, but they never won a single award. <sighs> that, uh, uh, fuck. Takes away the only U of M guy. I think it's a crazy stat. He played five All-Star games, but never won a single award in his entire, what did I say it was here? His career. entire NHL uh, career? Yeah, 989 career games, never won an NHL award. Um, fuck. I just don't have it enough off of that. He played at U of M. Fuck, I'm trying to think of guys I know that played at U of M. I've only got one or two, but I don't think it's him. I could have sworn he got one. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame, though? In the Hall of Fame currently, yes. Is it Paul Correa? It is Paul Correa for three points. Damn. So you win 11 to 7. Ooh. Didn't he? Uh, are you sure? Hold on. Positive. Yeah, I went to NHLreference.com. He didn't win a single award. I have to check that. He didn't win a single award. No, nope. five-time All-Star. Lady Bing, twice. I didn't come up on NHL Reference when I went on there. There was no awards. It just said five-time All-Star. I mean, the Lady Bing's a sportsmanship award, so. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, I, but I didn't know that was his only award. That's crazy. He's the only guy I can think of that went to U of M that, you know, wasn't, that didn't have a, a you know, an illustrious career. Man, thank God for these, our, our, uh, our drafts, our FBAS drafts, man. Yeah, they help, they help you make, you know. Make you remember names for different eras, different accolades. For sure, and different things, like weird different things. Like the goal, I knew like 325 wasn't Martin Brodeur because he had way more wins. You know what I mean? Like the, the all-time wins leaders got like double that. You know what I mean? So I was like, there's it's got to be a, an a actual active guy. That was a cool segment. Yeah, 11 to 7. It choppy for the first one, but it was a fun segment for sure. I'm glad it was close. Like we've been doing, we are going to break down an NFL division. No guests this time, just the three of us. And we are tackling the AFC West. Now, normally I let one of you guys go. I let our guests go first. I haven't gone first yet, so I want to go first on this one. And, of course, I'm starting with the defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them at 13-3. and three. The three games I have them losing, I do have them losing to Buffalo. I have them losing to the Raiders because they're going to split with the Raiders. And then I have them losing to the Carolina Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater. But other than that, 13 wins, so 13-3 and three for the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, I hate you. I have them as the same thing. And, honestly, I was coming in here so stoked to be like, you know what? I got them losing to the Bills. And here you are. They got them losing to the fucking Bills, too. Yeah, I got them losing to the Bills. I actually have them losing that Ravens game, too. And then uh, I got them losing to the Bucks. And then, so those are my, my three losses for them. But, yeah, I think, they're, I think they're a really good team. 
I have the defending Super Bowl champions coming in at 12 and 4. I have them also losing to the Buffalo Bills because that is in Buffalo. I had them losing to Tampa Bay, and in the division, I had them losing to the Broncos, and I also had them losing to the Ravens. So yeah, 12-4. and four. Which brings it around to the Raiders, who I know they're probably going to be bad. I have them actually at 8-8, eight and eight, so 500. You know, obviously just a quick rundown, losing to the Panthers, the Saints, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Jets, and the Broncos, because they're going to split there. So the Raiders, 8-8, eight and eight, missed the playoffs. The, I, the only playoff team I have from this division is the Chiefs. That I agree with you. They're the only one I have in the division that makes playoffs. Here I have Oakland at seven and nine, so essentially the same. You know, I just I think they're a decent team. I don't think they're great. I still think they're a couple pieces away, especially on defense. I don't think they're ready to put it all together. And then, you know, honestly, I think they're gonna get off to a pretty rough start. You know, I think they lose the Hopener away at Carolina, then I think they lose to the Saints at home, lose to the Patriots away, lose to the Bills at home, lose to the Chiefs away, lose to the Bucks at home lose to the Browns away, then I think they finally beat the Chargers and get their first win. But I think they got a a rough start to the season, and then Mariota comes in, and and I think they start to smooth things out. I don't have Vegas ending up second in in my division. I have them at 6-10. and I don't like that offense really much at all. You have to have a lot of faith in your signal caller, and I don't have a lot of faith in either one of them that are in that room right now. So 6-10 and is, is my guess for here for the Raiders, and my second place team is actually going to be the Denver Broncos. I have them at 10-6, and but like you both had mentioned, the only playoff team I have for this division is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I have the Denver Broncos at 9-7, and seven, so pretty much right there with you. I do think that they're a good team. I think they're a good young team. I do think Drew Locke is decent. I'm just not sold on him enough to get the double-digit win, so I had him just short of that, 9-7. and seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite there with you guys. I have them at 8-8, eight and eight, so I, I'm not just quite there yet. I, I don't believe in them just I still need to see it one more year with Drew Locke, and I need to see these young receivers. That's the key. It's like, you know, I, I understand they got this new talent on offense, you know, but Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler, I think it's going to be a lot on their plate. I want to see how they handle it before I jump on this bandwagon yet. So I, I think they're 8-8 eight and eight right now is comfortable, and I like it, and I think they're still a really good ball club. And then, of course, the Los Angeles Chargers rounding out the division – I have them at 6-10, and 10, so I had L.A. last week doing horrible. This L.A. team is going to do horrible as well. I just don't believe in them. They're a rebuilding team. I do like their quarterback from Oregon. I know you guys don't really love him, but I do think he's got a big arm. He's a big guy. He is mobile. He can get out of the pocket if he has to. He can throw on the run, so I do like what he brings, but I don't think he's going to start until probably week 7 or 8, and maybe they get 2 or 3 wins. He's going to take his lumps. The whole team's going to take their lumps. This Charger team is going to be lucky to fall into six wins. Yeah, I think they'd be lucky to get to six and ten, too. I got them at four and 12. Whoa. Yeah, you don't like that quarterback at all. I mean, I don't like either one. <laughs> I mean, I don't like really much about it. I mean, I also think they play a really tough schedule, to be honest with you. I mean, I think they get swept by Kansas City. They split Vegas, Denver, maybe. So then that's two wins. But then the rest of it, I mean, it's rough. They really do play like a lot of like tough teams and things like that. So I, I don't really just, I don't really believe in them. When I was picking my MVP, I wanted to do something different because I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to take the obvious choice. Who's a Dark Horse MVP? I'll take that guy. And the Dark Horse MVPs are so far, so, so, so far behind the guy that's actually going to win it. I don't know how you can pick anyone but Patrick Mahomes. He just signed the big deal. He's going to have incredible numbers. He could be the MVP of the league, but he's definitely going to be the MVP of this division. Yeah, I mean, this one's a a no-brainer, unfortunately, like you said. You might want to try to pick another team or or another player and things like that, but there's no way. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, and he's going to blow everything out the water, so I think it has to be him. 
It certainly would be him. Uh, I didn't want to go chalk here, and I went with somebody that, Sully, you actually already mentioned earlier in the episode, and it is the running back that they drafted towards the end of the first round, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's a just a super gift that fell into their lap to be able to lock him up for four to five years with Patty Mahomes and have just the best receiving back that the NFL has seen in, in a little bit of time after Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this guy's going to do so well in that offense, so he's my MVP. I think he's going to be really great for them. Wow. I I mean, of all the Chiefs players, I probably would have had him maybe fourth or fifth for my MVP. Yeah, I think so too, but, I, you know, I like it. It's a a nice little name drop. I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a really big year this year, if I'm being honest. I think he may have a pretty enormous kind of like record-breaking year, but, you know, like I said, it's just tough to pick anybody other than Patrick Mahomes, but I I like not going chalk. Least valuable player, I kind of did what we've been doing the past couple weeks with the least valuable person or persons, and I went with the entire Chargers offense. I think the Chargers defense is solid. I like him a lot. I like Bosa. I like Derwin James in the back there. I think that they're a really solid defensive unit, but that offense is not going to score any points. So the entire Chargers offense gets the least valuable persons. Yeah, I'm going to go least valuable players, Derek Carr. I just, I don't know. I don't believe in the guy. I don't know what it is, unfortunately. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. Um, I think he's cursed at this point. We'll see. That whole Carr family seems to be cursed at this point. But yeah, I think he's my least valuable player. I don't hate the Chargers idea of that offense being bad. I mean, we'll see. Keenan Allen's been a perennial pro bowler and stud for a long time, but he's about to be in a whole new world without, you know, a, a potential Hall of Fame quarterback in Phillip Rivers throwing him the football. So I do think that offense is going to struggle this year, man. My least valuable people are both quarterbacks for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think this team better hope that they get less wins than I predicted for them, which again was 6-10. and 10. They're going to hope that they get a lot less and get into that Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields sweepstakes because neither one of these quarterbacks are the answer. They both are failures in my opinion. They're not going to win you more than a handful of games, so these are my least valuable people. I'm going to say it again. I'd said it a couple episodes ago. I actually like Derek Carr a lot. I think that he's a guy who completes a very high percentage of passes, and I know he doesn't throw a great deep ball or he doesn't throw it deep a lot, but he doesn't turn the ball over a lot either. He's just a boring quarterback. Maybe that's not what they want. They want an exciting guy who can throw it down the field. Marcus Mariota is not that guy, so sorry, Mike Mayock. But I think that if you are a team that needs a game manager, I think that Derek Carr might be the best game manager in the NFL. I mean, I think Tom Brady's that guy. But I think he's less than that. Like, I I don't know. I just don't like him. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe I just hate the guy for no reason. (laughs) He just hated his brother, and I hate (laughs) him too. (laughs) (laughs) The family just seems to be cursed. They have all the talent to be great players, and they're just not. So it's frustrating to watch. It is time for everybody's favorite segment, including ours, the Infinity Five, where we always try to think of a top five, best five, worst five, something five, high five. And this one was Jesse's and Dan's kind of came up with the idea of top five coaches and we changed it last second. Dan said, let's do top five sports teams of all time. So since it's your idea, Dan, why don't you kick us off with your number five? All right, well, my number five team is actually going to be the 07 Patriots. That's what I think of as probably the greatest team of all time in the NFL. I know there's arguments here and there, but man, that team was great, and they were a lot of fun to watch, and I think they'd beat a lot of football teams. All right, so my number five, and this may shock you guys because it includes a guy that I dislike a lot, who is number one on my most hated list, and that is the 2012 13 Miami Heat. 
That team had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and Ray Allen for that fantastic shot at the end there. This team went on a 27-game win streak. They won 12 playoff games by double digits. They were incredibly dominant when he was down there in Miami. So I hate this guy, but I have to respect how dominant that team was. Yeah, that Miami team was completely stacked. I know that they said they were going to win four, five, six, seven, whatever it was, and they disbanded after four, and they got two championships. But those teams were really, really, really tough to play against. I really feel like, and we talked about this, I think, in previous episodes, if they'd had a coach like a Phil Jackson, they might have gotten all four of those championships. and might be might have gotten six like they had talked about. But Eric Spolstra, who I think is a brilliant X's and O guy, is not a great personality manager. I think that, that might have been what cost him in the end. My fifth team... An NFL team. I did think about the 2007 Patriots. I couldn't pick them because they didn't seal the deal. So that was the the thing for me is you go 18 and one. That one is so important. I just can't have you as the best. The best teams have to be championship teams. And so my number five is the 1995 Dallas Cowboys who went 12 and four. They won the Super Bowl. Looking at that team, I didn't love the coach at Barry Switzer. He was not Jimmy Johnson, but that offense with Hall of Famers, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith. They had Jay Novacek. You had actually five offensive linemen that four of them got into the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Famers on the defensive side of the ball, you had Charles Haley. Uh, aside from Charles Haley on the defensive line, you've got Leon Lett. You've got your secondary is Darren Woodson, Deion Sanders, Brock Marion, and your Super Bowl MVP that year, Larry Brown. So just a completely loaded team. Yeah, can't go wrong with them. They were a stacked, stacked football team. My number four all-time team is the... 2017 Warriors, you know, the team that broke the uh, wins record and, you know, kind of changed everything. Obviously, you know, they were a stack team. We know what they did and who they are. You know, granted, they may have choked it too at the end, but, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously a great team. Don't mean a thing if you don't win the ring. My number four team, my number four team is the 1999-2000 St. Louis Rams, better known as the greatest show on turf. Uh, that team had a bunch of Hall of Famers on there. Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, and they scored a total of 526 points that single season. That is 33 points per game. To think that was 20 years ago and they're putting up the numbers that we're seeing now, it's just they were ahead of their time. So I loved that team. They were a great team. The two things I remember most about that team, first is when Trent Green, who was supposed to be the starter that year, he got hurt. He tore his ACL in training camp. And I remember Dick Vermeil in a press conference, like crying. Literally, like, he cried all the time, but just tears streaming down his face saying, we're going to rally behind Kurt and hope he does well. And he goes out and throws for 4,400 yards, wins the MVP. And then he's like, all right, Trent Green, get the hell out of here. We're not rallying around you anymore. And then I also think about Marshall Falk being a little bitch about losing to the Patriots the following year. Marshall Falk might be one of the best running backs, if not the best all-around running back of all time, but just what a little baby. To think we were winning that game too, the NFC Championship, 6-5 to with like no time left and then that bullshit touchdown call. Now, my number four is actually the 1927 New York Yankees, uh, Murderer's Row. The team went 110 and 44. They won the World Series. The team batting average was 307 for the entire team. The team slugging was 488. They actually had two guys on the team with OPSs over 1,200. They had five guys that hit 300, four guys with on-base percentages over 400. The best thing, I think, their ERA, their pitching staff was great too. Their team ERA was 3.2. And to give you an idea of like how good that is, the 98 Braves team with Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz had a 3.25. Yeah, they're amazing. I agree. That's why they're my number three team of all time and not my number four team of all time, Wayne. Suck it. Are you going with number three? 
That was my number three team of all time. Oh, yeah, I guess you don't really have to elaborate, right? <laughs> the 20, what the fuck you want me to say? You said it all for me, Wayne. You literally laid the foundation for my argument as to why they should be the number three team of all time. All right, Jesse. <laughs> my number three team here, and it, I, I don't know if it's going to be the first time we hear from this sport or maybe the only time we hear from this sport, but it is the 1983-1984 Edmonton Oilers. They had Hall of Famers. Wayne Gretzky, Paul Coffey, and Mark Messier, and they scored 444 goals in the regular season, which is still a single-season record. Yeah, that team was stacked, stacked, stacked. They won multiple Stanley Cups after that. Yeah, I thought about going with a hockey team. I just couldn't – I don't know enough about the sport to really do it justice to pick one, so I figured I'll just stay in my lane. And speaking of staying in my lane, I actually kind of went with a little bit of a cheat here. It's not one year, but I have the UConn women basketball team from 2009 to 2016 because we're talking about final four appearances every single one of those years, six national championships, four undefeated seasons, and a 298-12 and record. Two superstars, obviously Brianna Stewart and Maya Moore, carried those teams. Gino Oriyama has had a lot of UConn women's teams, but from that stretch, that 2009-2016, that seven, eight-year stretch. I mean, goddamn, six national championships and four undefeated seasons. Yeah, that 16 team was the last team I took. It was them or the 07 Patriots was, was who I was going to pick. That 16 team was absolutely stacked. So my number two team of all time is the 01 Miami Hurricanes, the NCAA football team. I mean, that team was just fucking loaded. I mean, there was everybody on that team. So, I mean, it was Sean Taylor, Ed Reed, LaRue Ruff, uh, I mean, uh, Patrick Rumpf. Uh, I mean, everybody was on that team. That team was stacked. John Vilma, uh, I, I mean, everybody. Dan Morgan, Ken Dorsey, Patrick, I mean, uh, Santana Moss. I mean, everybody was on that team. So, I mean, they were just stacked. That team was so good. Was everybody on that team? Everybody was on that team, bro. That team was so good. I'm pretty sure they had seven first-round draft picks off that team. It was nuts. Intro roll. Everybody. Everybody, man. All right, so my number two, and this should shock absolutely nobody, is the 1995-1996 Chicago Bulls. They had three players that appeared on the all-NBA first-team defense. That is Pippen, Rodman, and Jordan. Three players on the same team, first-team all-NBA defense. We know they won the championship. We got to see highlights from it in the, in the Last Dance documentary. This team was incredibly dominant, but we know you could have picked multiple seasons from their dynasty. Yeah, I mean, 72-10, and 10, and they closed the deal, unlike that 73-9 and nine Warriors team. So I understand that, and definitely obviously having the second greatest player of all time on your team, I mean, it's definitely going to be right up there at number two. I didn't know you felt that way about Pippen. <laughs> My number two is, again, I did the same thing as I did last time. I went with the... UCLA men's basketball team for a decade from 64 to 75. They won 335 games. They lost 22, four undefeated seasons, 10, 10 NCAA titles in 11 years with Kareem and, you know, uh, Bill Walton, John Wooden. Who Damn, that's coaches, crazy. I didn't know we were doing best franchises or best dynasties. That's nuts. Yeah, so I had I would have had John Wooden as one of my top coaches if we went that route. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't know we were doing best, like you know, dynasties, but uh, that's pretty cool. I'd have just picked one team. Wayne, Wayne, being an Astros fan, you know, he was gonna make find a way you to know. cheat. Well, I couldn't pick just one thirty and O team. They had several of them. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I'm pretty sure wasn't there like seventy two team like considered the best one? I don't know. I don't know who the best is. I couldn't pick. It's just too hard. It's like picking your favorite kid. That's easy. <laughs> My number one team is, I think, the obvious answer here is the 92 Dream Team. You know what I mean? I'm, they were obviously, I think, the best team ever assembled. Hall of Famers up and down the entire roster, minus Christian Leitner. And, uh, you know, I think 
pound for pound matched up against anybody else, they're going to beat pretty much any team you put them up against. So, Well, shit, you're hating on Wayne for picking dynasties and franchises, and you're out here picking all-star teams. I mean, my number one team is the, is the 2007 New England Patriots. You know, Sully already brought them up. I have them much higher, obviously, because I'm a New England Patriots fan. But 18-1 and one that year, I'd, I'd much rather uh, have that one at the beginning of the season and not the end. But nonetheless, they still had Brady throw for 50 touchdowns that season, which was a record. Randy Moss caught 23, which is still a record. And that team outscored opponents by almost 20 points a game. So incredibly dominant. Yeah, for sure. Again, I'll say it again. Great team. I just have a hard time with it not getting that that last win, you know. And you know, Sully went with the the '92 Dream Team, and I think that we had mentioned in a previous episode that if you don't think that that is the greatest team ever assembled, then you are absolutely on crack. And it's funny because I'm actually going to pick a different Dream Team. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what does that say Lighten about you, Wayne? Right <laughs> I had actually uh, picked the 2008 Redeem Team, and the reason behind it was I really thought about this, like that. 2000 or that 1992 team really is the greatest collection of players ever. I believe that wholeheartedly, but a couple of those guys were you know, way past their prime. And so I put them up against a 2008 dream team with Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Chris Bosh, Jason Kidd, who was past his prime, Dwayne Wade, that team top to bottom. I think the 2008 team beats the 92 team in a gold medal game, beats them in a best of five, beats them in a best of seven. And if I think that, then I have to believe the 2008 team was better than the 92 team. So the 2008 team is the greatest basketball team ever assembled. Out of prime Magic Johnson dogs, Chris Paul. Oh, no way. No yes way. way. Yes way. And out of prime Magic Johnson, dogs Chris Paul. He's a 12-time all-NBA defensive player. I don't give a fuck. He's got 10 inches on the fucking midget. There's no way. Bro, he would dog him. Dude, there's no way. I'd put Chris Paul and Jordan. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, I'm just saying, fuck, then who stops Magic? Kobe. Why would you not put Kobe on Michael? Because of what you're saying, that Magic has fucking seven inches on Chris Paul, so it's a better matchup to have Chris Paul and Jordan. I mean, I guess you're right. Still, I don't know if I like that argument. But, you know, that's a, that's for a different day. Yeah, we could certainly have that argument another day, because I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> what, you don't think Chris Paul would, would be able to handle Magic Johnson? No, no, I, I disagree with the main. I disagree with the main premise that oh, okay. I think ninety two would would, would be certainly beat ninety eight. Yeah, I think so too. But I don't know. I just look at those matchups. Larry Bird was laying on his back the entire Olympics. He got up for like two games. <laughs> uh, I mean, you only need him for one in the gold medal game. You feel me, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> are, are, we, are we playing with those good drugs of now? Or are we playing back then? It doesn't matter when we're playing. I don't, like, I don't want to play the whole era thing. Listen, the, the 2008 team is just better in any era. Play them in 1953. I don't give a fuck what the rules are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird year. <laughs> Wayne, my favorite team is 1927 Yankees. I liked watching them play a lot. I mean, the 27 Yankees were that stressed, though, for real. That is the show, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you giving it a listen. Hopefully you have some feedback. Let us know what you think about Guess Who. It's a new thing. If you guys like it, we'll keep it rolling. We have a couple other game ideas. Maybe you have a few ideas. If you are listening to us on the RTF Sports Network on Mondays or Thursdays and you don't get to hear the whole show, we are available for download and streaming on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. So definitely give us a listen one way or the other. Absolutely. Rate us, review us, let us know. Get a hold of us. We will get a hold of you. Yeah, come on now, folks. Let's be real. 
you know you're listening. Just just comment, review, rate. It helps us out a lot. Give us some uh, give us some feedback. Let us know how you're feeling. We appreciate it. You know what I mean? Nothing but love. Mwah. I don't know. Somebody's cooking in my kitchen. I think it may be my lady. Give me a sec. Hey. Oh shit! It's Kenny. It's-